And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Jeanette Biro podcast. I'm Jeanette Biro, and thank you as always for joining me on the show. So today, I want to dive into this really cool concept that uh, will not be foreign to many of you, but I would imagine for many of you, you haven't really pondered it very long, thought about it. And the theme for the podcast today is basically words that loved ones say when they're at that threshold of dying. And what caught my eye with this whole thing is I was watching this YouTube video and um, a lady by the name of Lisa Smart, she is a linguist and she has done a ton of work with Dr. Raymond Moody, who has really been a pioneer of near-death experience and shared death experiences. And she connected with him and they started really looking into the words said um, from people that are really on that threshold of crossing over. And some of the things they found, some of the patterns are really, really significant to the understanding of a dying person of the fact that they are nearing a threshold, I'll use that word again, of transition versus the end. And so I wanted to dive into this a little bit. I did get her book and it's called Words at the Threshold, What We Say As We Are Nearing Death. And um, I just thought this was such a beautiful thing to step into because the, the whole concept of death and talking about death is becoming more, more allowable, more open. We're more open to it. We're more willing to have these conversations. And I think that's a beautiful thing because just as much as we celebrate birth, the, the incoming of a soul, the arrival of a soul, we should also, in my personal opinion, celebrate in some form death. Now, although as a human perspective, we lose that person from our physical existence in 3D, and that is a sad thing. And that doesn't mean we don't mourn it. We absolutely do. We, will, we also have to try and embrace the perspective of that soul that they are transitioning back or returning to home. The soul's home frequency is the other side. And I know when I have spoken to a lot of spirits who've crossed over, they always say that they are returning home, that all is fine. Everything is okay. They can be truly at peace. They're comfortable. They're better than, better than good, better than we can imagine. Those are some things that I hear a lot from spirits that have crossed over. And I can even say again from my NDE, my near-death experience, I get that because I remember that feeling on the other side was of going home. And it was this transition. It was just this continuation, but more. And so I think the more we can have these conversations of that very idea, the more we can be at peace when we do lose somebody from our 3D existence, right? There is that void and that vacancy of not having that 3D physical body, that touch, that smell, 
um, you know, those tender words or funny words or however they brought joy into your life, there is the longing of that. But we have to truly remember that the soul does not end and neither does our connection with that person. We will see them again. We absolutely will. I saw tons of my family members and friends from this lifetime and past lifetimes when I crossed over. And that was a beautiful thing to now for me personally know as my own personal fact and truth that we do all carry on and we do all reconnect and that our existence here on earth, excuse me, is but for a time, a time for us to gain wisdom, gain understandings and soul experience so we can grow. So with saying that, the purpose of this podcast today is that if any of you or when any of you approach that timing where you have the opportunity to sit with someone or be near somebody at that moment of crossing over, that you can, in some form, embrace it for this beautiful moment of transition. And it can be, that experience can be mixed up in all of the feels, the sadness, the grief, but also, you know, if you have these moments of clarity or they have moments of sharing some things, which I'll, I'll share some examples from this book, If you are lucky enough to be in that moment with them, you can recognize the power of what you are sharing or what they are sharing with you. This moment of being open to more than beyond this world. And when we listen closely and we pay attention, we may really get a glimpse into something magnificent that can actually have a really deep impact. And so these are some of the things I want to talk about in uh, today's podcast. So One of the things that um, Lisa Smart mentions is that when people are really approaching that exit point, that crossover, they're really kind of stepping into another world, right? They're starting to, the veil between this world and the other world is thinning. And so this is often when we have people saying that, you know, they see family members or friends waiting I know when my grandmother was nearing her crossing, I could see my grandfather in spirit was coming to see her. And I could see from watching her that she was seeing him. And uh, so this is a really special time. And so one of the things that she really mentions is um, if you are sitting with somebody at those times and they start saying things like, I see um, my husband, I see the angels, I see whoever it may be is to acknowledge what they're saying. Use their language. If they say to you, um, I'm being called to the forest, for example, you could engage in that conversation and they may respond and you could say, what are you being called into the forest for? Or do you want to go into the forest? Or what does the forest look like? And they may be able to describe in more detail what is in the forest. Some may say they see lights, they see family calling them home, or they may just call the forest home, for example. But one of the interesting things, and the reason why I use the word forest, is often the things they speak of or how they refer to it is a metaphor for the other side that somehow pertain to them in this life. In this book, they often talk about um, whatever people did as a main occupation or a main hobby will often be representative or represented in what they see on the other side. So for example, one man who was a contractor, he was being called to the other side and he was saying how 
Um, they're calling me. There's all these kitchenettes on the other side that there's so many of them in rows. I have to go help. I have to go uh, help construct them and put them together. It's time for me to go. Right. So that's metaphorical for him. For others, it's uh, there was another woman they talked about in here who, you know, the night that she passed, she was at home and she went and put her dress on so that she would be ready for the dance, for the ball. And she put her dress on and then she died that night because she knew she was preparing to go. So oftentimes the places they speak about going are in relation to something they did here, but that really is that metaphor for the other side. So if they're sharing that with you, if you're lucky enough to be around, is maybe ask them using their language, what else do you see? What else do you hear? Who is there with you? And you may be really interested to see you may be, it may be beautiful to see what comes through, how they can paint that picture. Now, one of the other things too, is sometimes when people approach this exit point, for the most part, from the research, the experience is really peaceful. There are some circumstances where the people that are dying want to talk about the fact that they're dying. And she was saying in a lot of her research that at this point, if you can be willing to talk about the fact that they're dying, she says, most people do know when they're dying. Instead of being frightened to be honest with them, be honest. She said, the dying are often so lonely since everyone keeps avoiding the truth. And so with humor, she says, don't worry, you can't kill a dying person by admitting they may be dying. It's no shock to them. Be honest about the reality of dying, and then the two of you can get real about your feelings. Now, this, I think, is such a beautiful thing, because if somebody is uh, coherent enough in those times when they're approaching their death, and they want to talk about dying, the gift that you can give them by being willing to sit with them in that moment and talk about however they want to talk about dying, whether they're afraid, what they think it will be like, anything that they're willing to bring up, you are giving them an absolutely beautiful gift by being willing to talk about that. We don't need to avoid the truth. We don't need to avoid the truth. The gift of honesty in those moments is so incredibly profound. So that's something to consider. Now, another couple points that she brings up too about these final kind of moments that they say sometimes can happen anywhere from, you know, sometimes about a month up to two weeks and usually in the last three days or so, or even in those moments of, um, oftentimes people have this burst of energy, uh, anywhere from three to a day before they pass where suddenly having, maybe they were in a coma, um, or not really speaking much. And then all of a sudden they, they awaken and they are super interactive. It's kind of like their last burst of energy before they're going to be leaving. And so sometimes in these kind of final moments, some of her suggestions are, have a willingness to enter the world of your beloved. She says, imagine you are visiting a new country. Keep an open heart and mind. Maybe record in a final journal the words that you hear, see, and feel. They will be your kind of private travelogue about the other place. You may be surprised what, by what kind of pearls of wisdom you find. So again, writing that down, kind of documenting it. You may find that 
two or three words that they say actually have several levels of meaning when you kind of think about it after the passing has happened. The other thing she says is have eyes for the sacred. If possible, imagine that the territory you have entered is sacred ground. Despite the terrible loss looming before you, be open to the possibility that something transpersonal is occurring and the words you hear are tracking its course. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to be very present in that experience. Now, as we already talked about, she says, validate your loved one's words and experiences. Repeat back what your beloved has said and let the person know you heard them. And then she also says, be a student of the language. Practice it, speak it, listen for the symbols and metaphors that are meaningful to your beloved and use them when you communicate. For example, she says, there was one person that was looking for their passport. And so she gave this example of, would you like me to help you find your passport? Can I help you do that? And this can be a way that you can connect into the world, their world, and they may open up so much more to help share understandings from it. Another thing she says is, um, assume your loved one can hear you when, even when they are unresponsive or quiet. Let the dying person know how deep your love goes. She continues to say, as we die, our senses of hearing, our sense of hearing is the last sense to go. When you are in another room, and especially when you are speaking about your beloved, speak with lots of praise and gratitude and speak words that will bring joy or comfort to the person. Now, this is so very true. And again, from a mediumistic perspective, this is so true. There are so many times that spirits come through and tell me about the moments of passing, who was in the room, what they were talking about, even sometimes what the doctors or nurses were doing. Um, I've had one scenario where there was a person that came through for a nurse and this person was saying how much they valued the fact that the nurse spoke to them and talked to them and took that time, right? And so even in moments of the, the body being unresponsive, the soul is very present and aware. And the, the interesting thing is the soul is very present and aware on many different dimensions. So they can be in the process of crossing over and maybe already on the other side, but because they're still connected to their body by that silver cord, they are still also present here, observing what we are doing, what we are saying, and all of that. So if you're in a situation where the person is, say, potentially struggling to let go, your words spoken to them when you are with them, if you can hold their hand or simply be near, your words saying it's okay to let go, it's okay to cross over, have an impact. And they also have an impact, though, on the soul level as well, because that soul energy can feel it. So you've got the human consciousness that is aware of what's happening, and then also the soul consciousness. So your words have a huge impact at that point, as well as simply sitting in silence with your loved one. There is so much communication that can happen with people that are preparing to depart and even at the moment of departure in simply silence. And that goes into the world of um, shared death experiences, which I'm going to do an episode on the podcast here very soon about shared death experiences. And a quick little intro to that is basically in those moments of silence and sometimes leading into that moment of crossing over, the person sitting with the dying person can also experience either clairvoyantly by seeing it, clairaudiently by hearing it, 
or clairsentiently by feeling it, the actual crossing over of the dying person. And that's a very profound experience too. So these are all things that give us a glimpse into the other side as that person is right on that threshold, that very, very, very sacred place. So I just, I find it so absolutely beautiful. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about here too that she mentioned is, let me just flip my page here. Um, okay, so one of the other things she said here too is that when you can really experience and fully be aware of the consciousness shift in the person, you also empower their ability in crossing over. So not just your own words saying it's okay to cross over, right? Or your energy, but when you experience it with them or you're willing to walk that road with them, there is essentially a part of your soul that, or part of your spirit that basically energetically holds their hand to cross them over to the other side. Now, to give a deeper picture of what this is, there have been a couple different times in mediumship that I have helped a soul cross over who had already died, their physical body had already died, but their spirit, their soul, uh, or their ghost, if you want to see it that way, was kind of stuck here because they weren't ready. They were a little afraid. They didn't know how, whatever it may be, weren't quite ready to cross over. And so as a soul, while in meditation here, I could basically walk hand in hand with them up what always ends up looking like this stairway to this door with a whole bunch of beautiful light. And I can walk them up to that threshold um, only about three steps before that actual doorway is as far as I can go when I'm not the one crossing. And we can actually walk them there even though we're not dying. And so when you are in a position of sitting with somebody who is at that threshold, you also have the opportunity to energetically be with them as they're walking there. And the neat thing is, is you are with them as they're walking there, but so are other spirits are also in that. So it's this beautiful merging of those from this world and those from the other world, meeting this person who is in that transition phase and bringing them over. It is a beautifully sacred time. And that's why when you speak to different nurses and doctors and palliative care people, hospice care people, they talk about this like energetic, sacred time of transition. And oftentimes they're like, I don't know how to put it into words, but it is just so mystical. It is so beautiful. It is such an honor. All of those kinds of things, because there is a meeting of two worlds to bring this soul home. And if you think about it, that is essentially what happens though, also at birth. Every time we are birthing a new life into this world, we are there as the souls on this side, ready to receive and bring into the world this new being. But at the same time, there's souls on the other side, walking that being to this moment of transition from the other side into this side. And I have seen that with many different souls, my daughter included. I could see her soul before she was born. And I saw her watching me as I was giving birth to her. And then she went into her body, right? Like it was these beautiful synchronistic and revealing moments of how much there is this beautiful support coming into our world as well as coming out of our world. 
And so when we really embrace the magic and the energy of those moments, especially if you find yourself in in a position where you have an opportunity to be a part of that, savor it. Savor it not only for your own personal experience and soul growth, and I mean, you, you are in that moment opened up to high-powered energy. When that veil thins for someone to cross over and you're there, that is high-powered energy like you couldn't imagine. But you are also at the same time giving a beautiful, absolutely beautiful gift to the person you are sitting with. Whether you know them for a long time, whether they're family members or friends, or whether they are in your care for whatever reason, and you are simply the one lucky enough to be there with them in that moment. And even if it's in a situation where it's a tragic accident and it, they transition to the accident scene and you happen to be the person with them in that moment, know that your energy matters. Your spirit is doing something beautiful in that moment. And you are being given this opportunity to be a gift to them in their moment of transition out of this world to the next world. It's just absolutely stunning. Now, the last thing I want to say too is that there is so much research now available that expresses how in those moments of transition, for those that are able to explain it, they explain worlds upon worlds upon worlds. So often they say, people express how they're like, I see so many worlds. And the person sitting with them is like, you mean another world? And they're like, no, many, many worlds, many dimensions, many opportunities for incarnation beyond our wildest human conscious dreams. To me, is just this beautiful sense of knowing that there's so much more than we realize and we're not limited to just the singular human life here. And I think when we embrace that, we can embrace this feeling of continual growth, of carrying on. And to me, I find that very comforting in those moments of losing people that are really near and dear to us, knowing that they do carry on and will carry on, and so will we, and we will meet again. They're with us. We, just in this human limited form, are essentially more limited than they are. So we have a brief amount of time where we will feel the separation, but they won't on the other side. They won't feel the separation because they will realize how we are all connected all the time anyways. So I hope that helps a little bit to explain some of this beautiful energy, experience, and consciousness available to us in those moments of transition. And... um, Yeah, I just hope it kind of soothes your hearts and minds in opening up that conversation about death and dying and the reality of it and the realness and the love and compassion that is available in those moments. So I will leave you with that. Again, if you're wanting to get this book and read it for yourself, it's called Words at the Threshold, What We Say as We're Nearing Death. And it's by Lisa Smart. Um, So definitely check that book out. It's just stunning. And uh, yeah, if you guys are wanting to expand your own consciousness, your conscious awareness and awakening, do check out avalonspirit.com. We have lots of ways for you to do that. Um, My Lightworker Mentorship Circle Level 1 and 2 are available too. And those are four-week courses uh, where we meet once a week. And you have the opportunity to learn how to open up your gifts to communicate with spirit, to 
connect with the other side, to discern between high vibe, low vibe spirits, to understand death a little bit better, to understand life a little bit better, and the beautiful connectivity between the two through your guides and the many guides available to us. So if that sounds like something that is uh, speaking to your heart, check that out at avalonspirit.com again under Lightworker Mentorship Circle. So I will see you guys next week. Have a beautiful week and uh, we'll chat soon.